Genesis chapter 37, we'll read verses 1 through 11. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. The lad was with the sons of Bilhah, with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. That's never a smart thing to do. Play favorites with your children. That causes strife. He was one of his, uh, because he was a son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, and let me just say this, young people, if you want to be the preferred one, the favorite one, become easier to love. Some people are just harder to love. Brother Wood said, amen, I don't love you any less, you're just harder to love. Verse 5, Joseph dreamed a dream. He told it to his brethren. They hated him yet the more. And he said to them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we be binding sheaves in the field. And lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. Behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheaf. And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it to his brethren. And and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more, and behold, the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren, and his father rebuked him, and said to him, What is this dream that thou, thou streamest? Shall I and my mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee in the earth? And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying, Let's pray. Father, we ask tonight, you bless your word, and Father, we are so thankful to be in your house. We're so thankful that you're an almighty God that knows every detail of our lives. You care about us. You love us. And Father, we thank you that your coming is nearer today than ever before. Help us to be ready. Help us to be prepared. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to preach or teach for just a few minutes on this subject. Who has your ear? I'm convinced of this. There's a command, a Bible command, that we are to guard our hearts. And a part of guarding our hearts, the part that we most often preach is the eye gate. Because if Satan is going to get our heart, most likely he's going to use the eye gate. But there are many times, oftentimes, uh, that we forget about the fact that one of the gates to our hearts and minds is through our ears. And as children of God, we have to be careful. There are so many voices. I know we're talking about a party on Thanksgiving Day, and sometimes you walk into the house, and the noise is so great, you go outside, you look for a, another place that's a little bit quieter just to hear each other talk. Our fellowship hall seems to be that way. The echo's loud. You get 25 or 30 people down there, you can barely hear yourself talk. And you've got to kind of push out some of that noise, and life is the same way. There are so many things in life that are trying to get your attention and begging to get your ear. And Satan is very smart. Listen, don't underestimate Satan. He's been in the business for 6,000 years. He knows how to get in your heart. And he, he did that last night and this morning through TV. You, you were listening to things and you read things this morning. You heard information and someone talked to you. And the next thing you know, you're upset, you're depressed, you're frustrated. And the bottom line is, God's still on the throne. God knows what he's doing. And when we identify this is a negative influence, this is something that's 
turning my heart, this is something that's causing frustration or something that is spiritually negative in its impact, I've got to cut it short. You know, it's amazing the more often not that we tune out the good things, the proper things, the biblical teachings in life, and we don't tune into what God wants us to hear. We refuse to tune out those things that have a negative impact on us. And here's what was going on in this home. There were so many different voices coming from so many different directions. And we see one person who'd made a proper decision. Hey, I got to make sure in life that I'm listening to the right things. That's why you say, preacher, are you against television? No, I own a television. But I understand this too. You better be careful because there are a lot of things coming across that box that are going to have a negative spiritual impact on your life. You have to guard your ear. That doesn't matter if it's a friend, if it's a voice, if, if it's propaganda, if it's the news. No matter what it is, you have to make a conscious choice to say, in order to guard my heart, I must guard my ears. Let me just say this. Starting off, if we don't guard our ears from mistruths, half-truths, deceitful lies, our heart will soon be in trouble. Now go with me to verse 31. These brethren were so upset with Joseph, they, they took him through into a pit. Thankfully, Reuben convinced them not to kill him, but simply sell him into slavery. They did that. Then they were trying to figure out what story to tell their father. So here's what they did in verse 31. They took Joseph's coat. They killed a kid of the goats, dipped the coat in blood. They sent the coat of many colors. They brought it to the father and said, This we have found, and know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. And he knew it. And he said, It's my son's coat. Any evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without doubt. Rent in pieces. Jacob rent his clothes, put sackcloth Upon him, his loins, he mourned for his sons many days. And here's what he said in verse 35. I will go down into the grave unto my son mourning. Um, hold on for a second, Jacob. You're living a lie. Now, let me ask you this. Why is it in our text, which we just read, that when Joseph told the truth, he was rejected. The truth was rejected. He was confronted, even rebuked by his own father. Did you know human nature more readily accepts a lie than the truth? And when they were told the truth, the whole family said, shut it down. We don't believe that. What are you talking about? And then, let me, let me just say this about who you lend your ear to. Did you know when it comes to a story, when it comes to information nine times out of ten you'll run across a tell bearer before you run across a truth bearer because truth bearers are discreet and rarely say anything tell bearers are a dime a dozen how many truth bearers did we have in this story one how many tell bearers did we have in this story eleven and the tell bearer never comes out and actually tells you a lie he just leads your thinking into, he takes your imagination, plays with it, so you believe a lie. Now, look what they said. They could step back years later and say, we never said he was killed. Look at how they approached it. Look what they said. They brought 
the coat of many colors with blood on it and said, This we have found. Know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. And what did his imagination do? You better be careful with your mind. Your mind likes to fill in details. And you see, a talebearer doesn't have to say much, doesn't even have to tell the truth, doesn't have to tell a story. They just have to get your imagination going and then watch you fill in the details. Because then you're going to go to the next person with your imaginary details and said, well, they told me. Well, that's not exactly what they told you. They just got your imagination started. And he mourned and wept for years based on a lie. Well, these are my sons. I know these are pretty reliable sources. They're so reliable, they're the one that caused that grief. Amen. Jacob, your son is alive. God has a plan. It's a perfect plan. Your sons didn't tell you much, but they definitely didn't tell you the truth. They led you to believe a lie. Now, here's what you need to do in life. Surround yourself with truth bearers. Surround yourself. The, the best thing you can do in life is take your ear and say, I'm going to be very careful who I lend it to. I need someone who is honest and direct and truthful. And here's the problem. We don't even like the word of God. And here's what happens in Christianity. And I know, I know Christians get discouraged and say, well, everyone we went to the Lord doesn't stick. No. And everyone doesn't go on. No, because the word of God is shocking. And you know what happens? Someone gets saved by grace. Did they get saved? Did they believe? Did they repent? Did they trust Christ their Savior? Absolutely. They're saved. They're born again. They're on their way to heaven. There's only one problem. When you get saved, you don't understand the whole Bible. And then you open it up. You read that it's an it's abomination for a man to have long hair. And he says, got long hair. What's so important about long hair? Jesus had long hair. <laughs> you know, and then the funny thing is he goes and asks someone. And then the real astute people, the word of God, they go, well, we don't know what Jesus looked like. That doesn't help them. Oh, great. Then how do we know that he didn't have long hair? You know how many things we get offended with? that are truth, the word of God. You say, do you understand this book? No, I don't understand this book. Have you ever been offended? Yes, there are things in this book that offend me. Listen, when I read John 6 and we talk about people being offended, listen, when you read that and Jesus Christ said, eat my flesh and drink my blood, most of you would have walked out of the auditorium and never come back. That preacher said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. They didn't understand it either. Even the disciples, they were sitting there listening to it, and they backed off and said, and Christ said, are you going to leave me too? And Peter said, well, uh, no, not really. you got the words of life, but hey, there's kind of deep sayings there. <laughs> you say, do you believe in transubstantiation? No. I don't believe when we take the Lord's Supper that that's literally the body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, be careful about the, the book. Because you want to explain everything. You don't have the mind of God. You're never going to understand everything in this book. There are things that offend me. There are things that offend you. Just because I'm offended by something in this book doesn't mean I'm going to leave. 
Listen, folks, here's what we do. We are such a sensitive society that the first time we hear something preached or the first time we hear some truth, we get offended and walk out and leave. We don't want to know the truth. We want someone to lie to us. You're beautiful. No, you're not. <laughs> beautiful people get paid to be on covers of magazines. How many times have you been on a cover of a magazine? You're not beautiful. Here's the bottom line. How many people walked into Independent Baptist churches, been saved, gotten baptized, been discipled, and they sit there and one day, one sermon, one message, you say, well, I think the preacher was harsh. Probably he preaches five times a week. At some point in there, he's going to be harsh. Well, I think he misspoke, folks. I preach around 200, 250 times minimally a year. That's not talking about all the teaching sessions. That's not talking about soul winning. That's not talking about Bible Institute. That's not talking about everything else I do. Do you think at some point in those messages that I am possibly going to be so perfect that I don't or won't misspeak? You better find another church now because you're going to be offended. I wonder if he preached that in the flesh. Possibly. <laughs> Folks, I'm telling you what, it, it's amazing that we can listen to cussing on TV and it doesn't offend us. Fornication on TV, it doesn't offend us. Your boss can yell at you and cuss you and it doesn't offend you. But as soon as a pastor says 18 instead of 15, oh, he doesn't know his Bible. Isn't it amazing who we lend our ear to? We'll lend our ear to Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, TV commentators. We'll lend our ear to sports commentators. But when it comes to man of God, when it comes to truth. Now, here's what Joseph did. Joseph said, I am going to listen to the authority of my life. He listened to his father. Go back with me. Genesis 37. What's it say in verse 12? His brethren went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem? Come, and I'll send thee unto them. And he said to him, What? Now, young people, the best thing you can do in your life, lend your ear to your father and mother. Have you ever read the book of Proverbs? Which verse should we go to? They all say the same thing. And you want to go to 3, 1, 2, 1, 5, 1, 4, 1, 13, 1. My son, what's it saying? Hear the instruction of thy father. Obviously, he was having a problem with the kids because he had to say it so many times. You know what kids will do? Kids will sneak around. They'll jump over every fence, climb under every wall, to find a way to get some rock music in their possession and listen to the filth and the smut and the garbage of this world. And then when their parents try to talk to them, they won't listen to them for five minutes. They're listening to rock music. Their face lights up. They're happy. They listen to their parents. If you were smart, you would say... My dad is twice as old as me. He knows what he is talking about. He can help me out. Why is it, you see, a 15-year-old suddenly fall madly in love, got 38 cents jingling in their pockets, 
they can't even buy that person a Coke, but now they're madly in love. Are they going to talk to their parents, to Pastor Robert, Brother Mark about that? No. Go straight to a 14-year-old for deep wisdom, profound counsel. Your future depends upon who you lend your ear to. The condition of your heart, and, and, and it's very obvious. Listen, your countenance tells. Here's what's amazing. People actually think they can deceive people. You are easier to read than you think. You've seen kids trying to hide the fact that they're listening to rock music. Not like you've got to walk around and go, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I was arguing with a parent six months ago. And I said, your son's in rock music. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. No, he's not. I asked him. <laughs> That's a great tactic. I said, not like he's going to come out and tell you. He said, how do you know? His countenance. I said, Pastor, you're wrong on this one. I said, help yourself. I've been in this for 20 years. I'm judging you right up. He's in rock music, and he's in a whole lot deeper than you think. Three months later, he came to me crying. He's in rock music. Because when you lend your ear, it goes straight to your heart. It's reflected in your countenance. You gotta say, listen, young people, be smart enough to say, I'm not gonna lend my ear to that. I don't want the negative spiritual impact that that has on my life. Why in the world would I trade what we just heard tonight for CCM? Wow, that is powerful. That is God honoring. Why in the world would, my, would I make that kind of exchange? He said it doesn't have any impact on me. Oh, it sure does have an impact. It has, everything we listen to has an impact on us. Every person, every influence, every television program, every piece of music. You know what happens as soon as you listen to the wrong person? This story is full of people who listen to the wrong people. Jacob listened to the wrong people. Potiphar. How much did he give up because he listened to the wrong people? Joseph just didn't determine the right voices. He also determined to tune out the wrong ones. Because in, look what it says in verse 7, or verse 8 of the same chapter. His brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Can you imagine the tone of that question? I wonder if they jumped him and... It's not like brothers just walk up and say, Shalt thou indeed? Reignest thou over us? I don't think that's what older brothers were doing to the younger headache of the household. Amen? I bet they had that coat of many colors over his face. And he's going, I can't breathe! I can't breathe! Oh, you're the king of the jungle? They hated him yet the more. That's what people do, brothers do, when they hate each other. Now, you say, they wouldn't put that coat over his face. If they would throw him in a pit and consider killing him, they would definitely put a coat over his face. He wasn't listening to the pessimist. Go, go with me to chapter 39, verse 10. He said, I got to drown out those voices. I got to tune that out. Came to pass. He was working for Potiphar. Potiphar was trying to get him to sin. Verse 8. Or verse 7, she says, Joseph, come lie with me. And look what it says, verse 10, it came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day, speaking to Joseph, that he what? Hearkened not unto her. He said, listen, 
I will tune this out. I'm not going to lend my ear. I'm not going to listen to that garbage. I'm not going to allow that to affect my heart. You better be careful because at some point, keep your finger here. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 7, verse 6. How many have fallen? You know where it starts? Be, I beheld among the simple ones. I discerned among the youths. I mean, void of understanding. What do people void of understanding do? Get caught in the wrong places, doing the wrong things, passing through the street near her corner in the twilight. You know where you should be in the twilight? In your house, with your family. And beheld there met her, uh, met him a woman. Satan first attacks through the eye gate with the attire of a harlot. Next, what it says, verse 11. She is loud. She catches him. Then what does she do in verse 14? I have peace offering. She begins to talk. And what does he do? He lends his ear. This is the... 14, 15, 16, 17-year-olds start to think they're cool. Got the walk down. How many of you ever seen an adult walk like that? You're like, what is up with you, man? You need to go to the chiropractor, man. Your back's out of whack. And the next thing you know, she's talking to him. You must be working out. He has pipes as big as my wrist. The end, the conclusion, what happened? With her what? He lent his ear with her much fair speech. She caused him to yield. With her flattering lips. Listen, young man, I'm going to break the bad news to you. None of you are impressive. Hold on for a second. Let the search begin. Nope, I was right from the start. There are no impressive specimens. Physical or mental. So when that lady comes telling you about what you are, it's a lie. With her flattering lips, she forced him. What happened? Here's what Joseph said. I'm not going to lend my ear to that. Now, let me ask you this before we move on. Where was Joseph living? Egypt. Right? What's Egypt a type of? The world. So when we talk about worldly influences and worldly voices, Joseph was all alone right there in the midst of it. So you know what he had to do daily? Tune out all those worldly voices. How in the world didn't he become a humanist? How in the world did he avoid all the wickedness and the sin, the debauchery that was Egypt? He said, I know how Satan attacks. It's through the ear gate, and I've got to make sure I'm listening to the right people and tuning out the wrong voices. Look what it says in 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 2. Speaking of Lot in Sodom, look what it says in verse 7. He delivered just Lot, vexed with what? Now, listen, folks. You say, well, that's talking about conduct. Hold on for a second. The filthy conversation of the wicked for the righteous man dwelling among them, seeing and what? Hearing. Hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day. You know what he did? 
He was listening to that garbage every day. Why well, I'm strong enough. I'm a big enough Christian. I've been saved long enough. That's not going to have a negative impact on me. Yes, it will. And it normally doesn't even take days. Surround yourself with strong Christians. I've been saved for a long time. I'm a pastor of a church. And I am fearful. I am fearful of putting or adding influences into my life that allow things into my ear gate that will affect my heart. And it doesn't take five minutes. Too many Christians are constantly putting or adding negative voices. And here's what's incredible. It starts at the beginning of your day. You, you know, you're listening to talk radio, and, and the world's coming to an end, and the Illuminati is coming down the chimney <laughs> with black helicopters. And they're going to suck your kids out of your bed, put them in a vacuum. And when that happens, the dollar's going to devalue. You say, you believe in the Illuminati? Yes. Do you believe in the devaluation of the dollar? Yes. Do you believe in vacuums? Yes. But I'm not going to sit around and think about it all day. Amen. Do you have a fireplace? Yes. That's why my wife keeps a fire going all day, every day to keep the Illuminati out. The moment you wake up, you get on the highway, you're listening to negative stuff on the radio. You get to work and then you're around unsafe people and it's wickedness and laughing at the wrong thing and, and sickness and vileness all day and gossip. And they're, uh, they're talking about nudity and women and at times your own wife. And then you get in the car and you turn the radio back on. You get home, you sit in front of a TV. By the end of the day, you've been overpowered your heart. And absolutely affected by all the garbage that you just lent your ear to. That's why we get in the van. When I take the kids to school, they know. First thing we're going to do, two things. What are we going to do, Ashley? Pray, and then what? Listen to Proverbs. You have a phone. You have a cell phone app. You know what I want them to do? I want to start their day off tuning their ears to the right thing. You say, do you give them a devotion? I'm not spiritual enough at 7 o'clock to have devotions with them. <laughs> do you say anything to them? No, it'd be in the flesh, and they'd get hurt, and it would hurt our relationship. Let God speak to them. Amen? <laughs> Seeing and hearing, and too many Christians are vexing. Do you, do you, here's what we do. We forget how many verses in the Scripture apply to this, and we, we've... You know, Psalms 1, 1 does say, blessed is a man who walketh not in the what? We say, oh, you're not supposed to walk with ungodly men. You're not even reading it properly. Walketh in the what? You've lent your ear to the wrong person. You're listening to the counsel of the, un that doesn't say the unsaved, the ungodly. Did you know there are ungodly independent Baptist church members? Some are sitting right here. Go to the first row to the back row. If you want, I'll pick them out. Now we got nervous looks. And <laughs> look what it says, 2 Timothy 4. Can you imagine how many philosophers there were in Joseph's circle? Think about it. He was walking among the elite of the Egyptian society. Well-trained, very smart. And he said, I'm not going to let this group, I'm not going to let the worldly philosophy, I'm not going to let these teachers have my ear did you know other church members can immediately pick it out when you're, you've lent your ear to the wrong person? If you say Chris knows, 
uh, it won't take 20 minutes in a conversation for him to know. You know why? He's not 18 anymore. He's an adult. Did you know Tony knows? Dan knows? Brother Sutton knows? Do you think no one even knows who I've been listening to? Um, pretty much everyone knows it's over 25. Because it affects your thinking. When it affects your thinking, it affects your heart. When it affects your heart, it comes out your mouth. 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. That's 2012. You can't preach doctrine. Number one, you put people to sleep. Number two, you offend people. You got to preach love, grace. And when you get done, you got to preach grace and then love. He said in verse 2, you're supposed to rebuke and exhort and reprove. But they won't endure sound doctrine. So what are they going to do? After their own what? Oh, they'll still look spiritual. But after their own lust, they'll heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth, be turned unto fables. There's a lot of fables going on in the name of religion. All across this nation. Chapter 2, verse 16. Shun profane and vain babblings. That would mean 95% of televangelists would have to go off TV. If Christians would just obey that verse right there. I've got a handkerchief. Click. I've got one too and you wouldn't want to hold it. They will increase unto what? More in godliness. Now look why you don't want to lend your ear to them. What's it say? Their word will what? Their word will eat as a canker. Go back to Genesis 15 and we'll be done. Verse 15. When Joseph's brethren saw their father was dead, they said, Joseph peradventure will hate us. He will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. Verse 19, Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for I am in the place of God. But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring it to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. You know what he tuned out? The voice of his past sins and failures. Now listen to me and we're going to be finished. You've got a heart that's easily affected. It's affected by the eye gate and the ear gate. And you better say, I've got to listen to the right voices and I've got to tune out the wrong voices. And I need people in my life that are going to tell me the truth. And I need to listen. I need to be humble. I need to get feedback. I need to get counsel. I need honesty. I need truthfulness. And those that are having a negative impact on me, the critical, the hurtful, those that attack, rumor mongers, all that, I got, I got to get that out of my life. You say, what do I do, preacher? They're on the phone. You hit end. They'll get the idea. You hung up, hung up on me. Yes. You need it hung up on you say, how do I solve that problem? You're a nice person. Just tell them nicely. I'm tuning you out now. <laughs> well, I don't care how you do it. Just do it. But 
there, there's another problem here. When you eliminate all those other voices, everyone in here has a past. And you know what voice will normally knock you out of the water and beat you over the head? And here's what they said. As soon as our dad is dead, all those bad things he suffered, he's going to start listening. Now's your chance, Joseph. You can be vindictive. You have the right to be vindictive. They've hurt you. They lied about you. Now's your chance to retaliate. No, now's your chance to be a bigger person. Big people don't retaliate. Listen, whatever's happened in your past, whether it's injustice or evil or wrongdoing or someone stabbed you in the back, well, they're smiling. They're happy. They must have never been stabbed in the back. No, they stopped listening to that voice. You know what's wrong? You lay down on your pillow at night. You listen to that same voice. You made a mistake. God can't use you. You're no good. You're not talented. You messed up. You know what you need to do? Turn that off. Tune that out. Get in God's word. Listen to the truth. How many of you still believe in the blood of Jesus Christ? Forgives us. All. All. All sin. Why don't you listen to that? The best thing you could do, Christians, the day and age we're living in, 2012, the best thing you can do for yourself and your family. There are so many easy ways now. And you have computers, and you have iPhones, and you have programs, and you have CDs, and some of you still have cassettes. <laughs> Bless your heart. Whatever you do, listen to the Word of God. Faith, the Bible still says this in Romans 10, faith cometh by... How many want more faith? You got to tune in. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You say, I get more out of it reading. Read it and listen to it. Who has your ear? We just heard Brother Cameron say this. You are what you listen to. You could add point number two to that. You are who you listen to. Who has your ear? Because whoever has your ear has your heart. So you better make sure you're guarding your heart. And the way you do that is by guarding your ear.